We're celebrating the greatness of our God today as he has worked and is working through our Immigrant Connection ministry. And I'd like to invite Ruth and Catalina to please join me on the stage. Ruth Stenfers is our Director of Immigrant Connection here at City Life. And there are going to be three Immigrant Connection spotlights today in the service where you're going to hear from different people who are involved in this ministry. And we are just so excited to welcome, welcome today our, our first guest. Good morning. So I'm Ruth, the Director of Immigrant Connection, and we have asked some of our uh, favorite clients to come and, and speak today. And um, so you're going to be hearing from a Catalina this morning. Hi, nice to meet you again. My name is Catalina Muñoz Gonzalez. I'm Mexican. I'm born in Mexico. Um, I'm coming to this country when I'm 15, to uh, Michigan. Um, my story, it's uh, one of many stories Immigrant Connection have about a change in life, about get out of the fear, get out, uh, open doors for my life. Soon I know Immigrant Connection, the way they take care of me, you know, because I'm coming with a lot of scares, a lot of things, and they show me the way to be free. They show me the way to can do whatever, I'll get my dreams come true. Um, to get short, you know, I'm a home mom, um, illegally in this country. I'm coming when I'm 15. Well, I'm coming with a visa, expire, then I can renew it. Um, then um, I come into the girls, and um, they tell me I'm available to have a permit, DACA, and they show me the way how to do it. They teach me, uh, they, I follow whatever they tell me, and thanks God. I think so it's six years already I have my DACA. I renew it every three years, thanks to the help of the um, Immigrant Connection too. And now, last year, um, actually this year, i looking for advanced paroles. Advanced paroles are permit. Immigrant Connection helped me to get that permit. I have 21 years I don't go to my country. I have a sibling, I'm the little one of four sisters. She's like my mom. She have 21 years that she don't see me. And I remember I coming to Cindy every year. Cindy, can I try this? And she said, no, it's not a way right now, Kathy. Wait a little bit. You need to wait until. They, she told me, hey, it's ready. You want to try to apply? Let's try. And we do the application and everything. And I remember when she called me, guys. She said, hey, Catalina, how are you? And I'm like, fine. She said, you sitting? I'm like, no, I'm in the car. Okay, you driving? And I say, no, somebody's driving for me. Okay, then I'm going to tell the, the news. And like, ah. Soon she say that, but she's so happy for me. I can feel the happiness in her. And that's something, you know, because she don't know me. She, well, she know me now, but she's now my family. And I remember when she said, okay, Catalina, you have the permit. You can go to see your sister. Oh, my goodness, I cry. And I'm pretty, I feel the happiness in her voice, too. I'm so happy after 21 years, you know, I have 24 years in Michigan now. I only live for 15 years in my country. Now this is my country. You know, my kids born here. I have three kids. My dad is 24, two boys. One is 19 and the other one is uh, 14. Then I tell my kids, even I born in Mexico, I'm Mexican, and I'm going to be Mexican all the time. But Michigan is where I grow up. You know, it's where I can come true, and I have my family here. And I'm going to tell you this, guys. When I go to Mexico, it's a surprise for my sister. She never think I can come and go back. And 
Um, I have the video on YouTube and Facebook, sorry. I, maybe I'm gonna send it to Cindy, that way you can see it. Immigrant Connection made me see my sister again. When she see me, she don't recognize me. I get out and I, because my mom is talking to her and I, and I get out and she's like talking to my mom and I say, hey, you don't gonna say hi to me? She start, she's like, who are you? And then I say, remember, you don't, you don't remember me? I'm your sister. And she starts screaming like crazy. Everybody look around and she starts screaming, crying, hugging me and she's so happy, you know? She's so happy because after 21 years, we can be together again, you know? And this is one of the things Immigrant Connection do for me. And they don't let us, you know, they don't help me the first time and say, okay, Katarina, here's your permit, go away. They stay there. Soon they know my permit is gonna expire. They tell me, your permit is gonna expire already. You know, you need help, you know. And now, after six years, thanks God and thanks to Immigrant Connection, I'm on my way to the um, residence. And that's one of the things I'm working right now, you know, and soon, Everything is going well. Uh, my, my other thing is have a citizenship. And that's one of the things Immigrant Connection do for us. They open doors. They let me, I was a school bus driver for five years, thanks to the permit I have for Immigrant Connection. After that, now I have my CDL. I'm gonna be a professional truck driver. I passed the test two weeks ago. <laughs> and thank you so much. And, um, what I tell, you know, a lot of people don't know for the things immigrant people pass through. It's hard. It's hard, like the pastors say, Michigan open, it's an open um, state for us a long time ago because everybody can come in and everybody can have a driver's license. So you have your, um, your papers, you know, your resident, proof of residence, you can be with a driver's license. You can drive safe. Now you can. You don't have a social security number you can have a driver's license. It's hard because everybody needs a, needs a car for drive, needs a car for go to the job, needs a car for take the kids to school. And um, it's so hard and what I can say, I, I have a lot of things to say to you guys, but like I tell you guys, I have with Michigan Immigrant Connection like for seven years I think so now, and I'm gonna still stuck today, you know, until I have my citizenship and I hope you guys see me when I have my resident and I'm gonna show you guys and uh, maybe I'm gonna send the video to you guys about when I see my sister after 21 years. And you can see it, you know, everybody asks me, how you fix your papers? I say, I'm not fixing it yet, but I'm gonna be in the way. But it's a place that many people don't know about you guys. I'm pretty sure it's more people outside, they need help, like me. People like me, like when I, Coming to you guys, I don't know I'm a, I can be applied for DACA. I don't know that. For a long time, I don't know until I'm coming to Immigrant Connection and they tell me, you can do this. You're gonna have this benefit for a long time because I don't know, I lose time. And now, thanks today, I have my permit. I have a better life. I live with, out of fear. I can drive and now I can drive a semi, not only a car. Maybe one day I can drive a plane. <laughs> but thank you guys, and nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It is an honor to hear your story. It feels like a privilege to be able to hear your story. Thank you so much for sharing yourself with us. I, I just wanted you to catch a couple things. Did you catch that? I, I'm not sure. Uh, 
did you catch that when she first arrived, she had a driver's license that she was able to get here, but then the laws changed, the U.S. laws changed. So then when that license expired, she couldn't get another one. And so often one of the things that immigrants and refugees are dealing with is the laws change. Random laws change all the time, and keeping up with it is very complicated. And especially if English isn't your first language, it, then you're trying to figure out what's going on. And so one of the things the Immigrant Connection does is says, hey, laws are changing, let's see you know, how we can help you. And uh, eventually, we were, Immigrant Connection was able to reach Catalina and say, hey, because of a different law, because of different things, there is a pathway forward for you to get that license back, and we can help you figure that out. And similarly, in the story that she just told a minute ago, she said there was that point in time when she and Cindy were getting together, and Cindy said, no, it's not possible for you to see your sister right now. One of the things we do at Immigrant Connection is let people know when there isn't a pathway forward. So we help keep people safe as much as we can, and, and then when things change, are happy to give them good news. So I'm so excited. You're going to hear more about the work of Immigrant Connection, but Catalina Munoz, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Immigrant Connection team, would you please join me on the stage? I would like for you to meet our team and hear a little bit about what we do. For those who are unfamiliar with Immigrant Connection, we, oh, and kids, you can go ahead and head out. Children, head on out to Kid City, kids fifth grade and under. For, the, for those who are unfamiliar, Immigrant Connection is a low-cost legal aid service for refugees and immigrants, and so we help people with legal processes that they need for, for uh, staying here and this what they need in general. So, Ruth, would you please introduce the team and share a little bit about who, who the team is and tell us a little bit about Immigrant Connection. Okay, so good morning. We have um, Adriana, uh, one of our DOJ reps, Cindy, one of our DOJ reps, and Lorenzo, our DOJ rep slash volunteer extraordinaire. And can you explain <laughs> what DOJ rep is? People aren't going to know that term, so. Okay, so DOJ stands for Department of Justice, and so we are all Department of Justice accredited representatives, and that's a, a program where uh, we are uh, trained and accredited to practice immigration law. So we are not lawyers, but we are allowed to practice immigration law within a certain scope. So we cannot uh, represent clients in immigration court, but we can do everything up to that. Great, and we have a couple other people on the team. You've met Benoit Crusell, who was here a few weeks ago. He's also part of the team as a legal secretary. And then Suli, uh, you actually met her a few months ago, who is our administrative assistant too. So we have a great team. And Adriana and Cindy in particular have been around for a long time, since 2017. 2018, they're holding this office down. So they're the ones who do the majority of the hands-on cases and um, your longevity here has been very helpful and you two do amazing work. And I know you're, pre you're not out here for the publicity. You, you like to do, you'd like to change the world in the privacy of your office. And uh, thank you so much for being here and letting us meet you and be able to just celebrate the work of Immigrant Connection today. Thank you. Uh, Ruth, would you just share a few fun facts about Immigrant Connection and give us a highlight about some things? Sure. So we uh, served clients from 47 different countries this past year. Yep. In one year. That's a lot. Yep. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, people don't really realize what a broad scope of, of clients that we have. Um, this year, since January, we've had 641 consultation appointments. We submitted 293 cases to immigration. We have served over 100 Afghan refugees so far, with more to come. 
And if I could just inter- interrupt there a minute, and say, some of you were here a few months, uh, whenever, a year, a month? How, I don't know how long ago th- that was happening, but we had a, a big announcement about praying through the Afghan refugees that were fleeing from their countries. We received a special offering to support them. We said, they're coming. We know we're going to be serving Afghan refugees. And they arrived with, of course, no money because they were f- running for their lives as they were leaving their war-torn country. And so we've served all of these clients so far free of charge and have covered all of those, those costs because yes. of your generous giving. Right. And they're complicated cases. They're not easy. It's, it's very time-consuming. And Cindy has really taken on those cases and, and brought it upon herself to, to keep up on the actually changing. It's still changing the laws on how we're going to help these people. So... Um, so that's been great. We speak eight languages in our office. We meaning not me, but other people. Um, the top five things that we typically help clients, ours is our top five cases. We see citizenship being number one, green cards, relative petitions, so people petitioning to have their relatives join them in the US. Uh, temporary protective status, as in a story you'll hear later today, and uh, consular processing. Um, other things that we've done recently, Cindy, or I'm sorry, Christy had asked me to put together some things like, you know, what have you done this week? So I told her. Uh, this week we submitted uh, 20 humanitarian parole applications. Um, we had virtual appointments with several clients in Texas from Afghanistan who are actually considering moving to Michigan to get help from Immigrant Connection with their process. If they're not able to access any services where they're at. Um, and we've met with Bethany Christian Services. For those of you who don't know who that is, they're the largest resettlement agency in Kent County, resettling uh, refugees in the area. And um, they're going to be referring all of our, their clients to us for work authorization and green card, work, work authorization permits and green cards. Um, we also met with the Friendship Center, JFON, and um, JFON is another nonprofit uh, legal service agency in Grand Rapids, and the Friendship Center is is a center that uh, works with Muslim clients. Um, we are currently working with Debbie Stabenow's office, Senator Blackburn's office, and U.S. Representative Hillary on uh, current cases that we're working with. So we're just really excited about all the things that are happening in that little upstairs office of an immigrant connection. And our thank, f- thank you for your hard work. And church, thank you so much for your vision and your support. We are, part of, we are all part of making this happen here. And are just really excited about being able to serve and love our neighbors in this way. So thank you so much. Our, our third and final immigrant connection. Do you have more to say, Ruth? No. no. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> I don't want to stop you. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> our third and final immigrant connection spotlight, well, our third immigrant connection spotlight today is um, with, some, with some friends from Haiti. And you will get to know them a little bit through this video, and then you'll meet them in person in just a moment. Good morning. Good morning. So what does JW stand for? It stands for John Walton. (laughs) So we never usually say his formal name, but he was known in Haiti as Walton. His mom and dad call him John. He came here. We started with John Walton, which turned into J-dubs from all of his friends and people. So what big uh, event is happening in your life tomorrow? Graduation. So through the process of the four years that uh, my husband Jim and I were working to adopt JW, um, <coughs> we always felt the call to be his parents. 
and felt the call to adoption. And my first trip to Haiti in um, 2012, the leader of our trip um, kept saying everyone is called to care for the orphan, the widow, and the refugee, right? And so what is our role in that? Not everyone is called to adopt, but we're all called to care. So what does care look like for you? And so um, for me and for my husband at that time, we felt adoption was the answer. And when we were told no, um, my world especially was rocked because I'm like, Lord, wait a minute. You called us to adopt. Well, then that call to adopt changed to more of a call to parent, a call to love, and a call to care, and it just looked different. And so our story, um, I worked at North Point Christian High School for five years, and through my work at the school, uh, we were able to bring John Walton home on an F-1 visa. So John Walton, what is one of the event or uh, things that you do in high school? Yes, the chorale. I, j I do a singing group, which we travel to churches and travel to different countries and sing. This was Jamaica, and it was a ton of fun. <laughs> yep, so uh, his director, Lisa, goes to Kentwood Community Church, and she saw a presentation on Immigrant Connection um, about two and a half years ago, and we knew that his visa would expire after he graduated and we're praying that God would open up a door for him to be able to stay in the U.S. So then uh, we thought we had a little bit of time and um, started to um, think about it again last year as a junior and he got to visit um, though this fall actually um, a program at Calvin uh, called Ready for Life program and we met a lady there named Michelle who used to work with Ruth and she's like you got to call Ruth you got to call Ruth so we called and found out that we were under a big deadline and there was a whole bunch of stuff that had to happen really fast <laughs> for JW to get applied to apply for his temporary protective status and so through Immigrant Connection with the help of Cindy and with Ruth um, his, we actually got his paperwork about two weeks ago, so he's been approved for TPS, so we can all breathe. <laughs> and then um, you saw in the video through the program, um, one of the blessings that has come um, out of not being able to adopt is we have been able to stay in contact with his Haitian family. And so through Facebook and Facebook Messenger, um, they talk on the phone, they get to sing happy birthday. Um, they've been able to track all of his activities in high school and helped us build a relationship with them. And then through the Operation Haitian Graduation Program that GW and his friends work to raise money, um, now through this I-134, we're just waiting for his um, family's um, paperwork to be approved and then we'll be bringing them here to the U.S. So we're super excited about that. So thank you. Oh, your immigration connection team. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you. It truly is an honor to have you here. And it's just so great that we get to celebrate these milestones with you. I love it that one of the big things Immigrant Connection gets to do is help families stay connected and reunite and do visits. And it's a really big deal. So just thank you so much for sharing the story. Uh, we are Nate and Audrey Williams. I'm the Nate part. She's the Audrey part. And about a year and a half ago, a little over in the fall of 2021, the political landscape in Afghanistan changed dramatically. Um, as mentioned earlier and also a little bit later in the message, um, a lot of folks from Afghanistan ended up coming to Michigan for reasons. And because of our connections through Immigrant Connection uh, with some of the resettlement agencies, City Life was paired with a family and uh, 
City Life put together a team of amazing people and said, okay, how can we meet this family's needs? How can we help them get connected to the community and begin transitioning to what life here looks like? Um, and it uh, involved all of us learning a whole lot of things, um, both us and the family. This is, this is the four boys. It's a family of six that we've been working with closely. Mom and dad are not pictured. This is them on Halloween. That's not how they look every day. <laughs> Although sometimes it kind of is, actually. Yeah, they were all under six on their, on their way in, yeah. So, so we've been uh, working with the family. They're incredible people. We've been uh, blessed to get to know them and work with them and become friends with them, even with a language barrier. Um, so uh, at, at this point, they are doing really well, all things considering. Dad works. Mom has kicked two of the kids off to school, so that's been amazing for her. Three next fall. Yeah, the, and the two oldest boys now speak uh, English pretty well. They, they kind of help translate for us. Um, so all in all, things are going pretty well with the family. We thank all of you for your involvement in it. We know City Life was involved not just with the incredible people on the team, but in helping meet some of the needs uh, with donations, with financial donations. And one of the things that we've learned through this work and through this uh, kind of program and setting up our team is what it looks like for a group of city lifers to walk alongside someone and try and navigate the system of local government, state government, federal government, uh, benefits, taxes, paperwork, all of that stuff, which is really, really difficult. Um, and then you add a language barrier on top of it and it is pff, good luck. Um, and so that kind of gave birth to what Pastor Adam is going to be leading here as, as the life group, the pilot program with Mel Trotter, the Bridge of Hope, uh, where we're going to be kind of taking the same model and then applying it to a family locally that is fighting against homelessness. Um, so you'll hear, he'll hear more about that later, but if you want to hear more about it in the immediate future and sign up, you can sign up on the wall in the back or online, all the same ways you can do for, uh, for a life group. Thank you, Audrey, and thank you, Nate and Audrey, for wrapping up this minute awesome ministry you've done the last year and a half or so. Here's another story about another immigrant. This is about a man who left his home country due to political violence. He was having some trouble with his government, with oppression, with horrible laws and being treated terribly by the government. Things were not great there. The and one day, the opportunity arose for him to leave his country. It was kind of a sudden opportunity, and he decided to pack up everything. He took his loved ones with him, and they quickly left while they had a moment to escape. It was an arduous journey. It was difficult. It was very long. They had far to go. They almost died along the way, like so many immigrants and refugees do when seeking to escape their countries. But against all odds, they, they did survive. They survived through disease, through lack of food, through lack of water. They survived through threats on their lives. And they finally arrived at the country they were aiming for. And when they got to that country, they discovered that the people there weren't so glad that they showed up. This is the story of an immigrant, an immigrant by the name of Moses. And people flee their countries today. People leave their countries of origin today for many of the same reasons that people did so throughout the scriptures. 
People throughout scripture fled oppression and political violence, just like the enslaved Israelites fled Egypt to their oppressors of slavery. People in the Bible fled their countries because of starvation. Like Naomi and her daughter-in-law Ruth, when there was a famine in the land, they fled their country and returned to a place where there was food. There are stories in scripture about those who fled their country because of death threats, like Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus. A law was passed that all children under the age of two were, were to be killed, and so they took their infant and they fled for their lives and became refugees in Egypt, where they lived for several years. And the Bible talks about people who left their countries because they were seeking a better life. Seeking a better life, like Abraham, who left his country and set out for the promised land that God held before him. So the story of the Bible is built around refugees and immigrants and people leaving places one to another. The whole story of scripture begins with people leaving where they are and being called out into something new. One of the things we do here at Immigrant Connection is help people with citizenship. And so often people become citizens because they want belonging. They want to belong somewhere. They want some of the privileges and goodness that comes from being a a citizen. So we're going to take the word belonging today, and we're going to pull out four words from that root word. And the first word we're looking at, number one, is the word be, B-E, B-E. What does it mean to be? What does it mean, what does it look like to thrive as a human being? Have, have you ever heard somebody say, I just want to be? Or have, maybe have you said it yourself, I just, I just want to be. And, and when we say that phrase, we say, we, what we mean is, I just want to rest for a minute. I want to have security. I want to have safety. I want to have good relationships. I don't want to have to work so hard at, at, at difficult, complicated relationships. I want to be provided for. I want to be fed. I want to have peace. I want to have meaningful work. I, I just want to be. The Bible has a word for this. It's called shalom. It's a Hebrew word that means peace or completeness or wholeness. It's this picture of the goodness and the fullness and the wholeness that we want. In the Bible, there is a phrase that gets repeated in a few places throughout Scripture. One of the places it appears is in the book of Zechariah, chapter 3. Zechariah was a prophet in the Old Testament. And he prophesied about how someday when God would come back, there would be goodness that would happen. And, and the phrase, the verse goes like this, Zechariah 3.10. The prophet says, And that day each of you will invite his neighbor to sit under his vine and fig tree, declares the Lord Almighty. And there's this phrase, sitting under your own vine and fig tree, that appears repeatedly throughout Scripture. And it's this picture of peace and contentment. Because if you're sitting under your own vine and fig tree, then you're sitting, you're not working, you're at rest, you're at peace. And it says your own vine, your own fig tree, you have, you have food, you have nourishment, you have enough prosperity and resources to be able to feed yourself and your family and your household and to eat. And so sitting under your own vine and fig tree is this, this picture of ability, this picture of capacity, this picture of shalom. And some of our deepest longings in life are the same types of things that people seek when they're seeking citizenship in a country. Let me give you a few examples. Some people seek citizenship because of wanting safety, 
Paul in the book of Acts, in the, in the New Testament book of Acts. Paul, uh, there are several times where he, Paul's in trouble with the government. But because he's a citizen, he has special protection. So at some point he gets in trouble, and uh, they're about ready to, to, to beat him and to put him in prison and get, give him all sorts of trouble. And Paul says, you know I'm a citizen, right? And they suddenly st- jump back and say, oh, no, we didn't know you were a citizen. Well, in that case, you're, you're going to be okay. Citizenship provides a measure of safety. One of the things that our Immigrant Connection Office does is we, we do something called U-visas. And a U-visa is given to somebody who comes into the United States in a, in a particular way. It's specifically for people who have been victims of human trafficking. If you, if you know that phrase, human trafficking are, are people who have been kidnapped, uh, usually, or somehow enticed or misled from their home countries and then brought into a new country for the purpose of of uh, having them be sex slaves or work slaves. And so it's, it's forcing people into slavery, and it's, it's trade, trafficking is trading people for money. And so there are people who have come into the United States from other countries who, of course, are undocumented because the whole thing was illegal to begin with, and they have a, they have a special status called the U-Visa. And so we, we do U-Visas in our office, and we are able to help people get citizenship who have been trafficked into our country. We do these cases for free, and it's just a beautiful privilege to be able to serve and do these things in this way. But one of the reasons why we want citizenship is for safety, for protection. Another thing that we want in citizenship is, is peace. We want peace. Citizenship grants a, a measure of peace. I, I think about our Afghan refugees who, who fled places of violence. Another thing citizenship can give you is a sense of security. We, we heard from Catalina a, f- a few minutes ago about how having correct documentation can lead towards security, and citizenship gives that sense of permanent security. I'll never forget a conversation I had with a young adult. Uh, there are lots of young adults at City Life. It was a few years ago, and he, he was here, and we were talking about his future, and he said, I, I came over here as a young child. My parents brought me over. I forget how old he was. He was maybe two, two or years old. He's, he's grown up here. This is the only life he remembers. And, and he said, I had legal status because at one point the law was that I had legal status to be here, but currently things are changing, and now I don't currently have legal status. But, but he talked about how he loved school, and he graduated from high school with a 4.0. He was an honor student. He loved school. And the way that, that the laws were going at the time, he was able to go to a two-year community college, but there was, he was not able to apply for financial aid for anything beyond that. And he was, he was at the end of his two years of community college, and, and he said, I just, I just wish I could get my full four-year college degree. I love school, and the, f- the career that I want requires four years, and I, I can't afford it if I can't apply for loans. And I'll never forget that, that sense of futility that he felt, like his future was being stifled because he wasn't able to pursue what, what he felt was who, who God had made him to be. One of the reasons people seek citizenship is so that they can receive health care that they need. There are certain medical resources that are available here that simply aren't available in other places. There are lots of reasons why people seek citizenship. A, a future for their families, meaningful employment. We want to flourish under our own vine and fig tree. We want to thrive as human beings. We want to be in a place of peace and settledness. The second word in belonging that I want to focus on is the word long. Because sometimes the desire to thrive leads people on a long journey. A long journey that is difficult. 
a long journey that is, is a far distance. So point number two is long. What the distance or the difficulties that lie between what we all, what we all want, what, what, we're, what, what would cause us to thrive between, and what, what it takes to get from here to there. The scriptures show us that sometimes in life there are seas to cross, deserts to survive, rivers to cross, wars to fight, borders to cross, walls to climb. Immigrants and refugees who come to our country have to fly over, over an ocean, or they have to sail across a sea, or they have to walk across a desert. There are barriers, and there's distance and difficulties in between here and there. And I think all of us in our lives have this sense of there's what we want in life. There's the shalom that we're seeking, and there's barriers and distance and struggle along the way. Haven't we all felt that tension? Moses and the people of Israel, they crossed the Red Sea. It felt like an impossible body of water. How were they supposed to cross this Red Sea? They had so many people with them. How were they supposed to get across the water? And this, as the story in the scripture goes, they got stopped at the water's edge, and Pharaoh's army from Egypt is chasing them and is coming after them, and they are stuck between death and death. They are caught in the middle, and it is only by the miraculous intervention of God that they are able to cross and make this impossible crossing. I, I can't help but think about the, the recent Afghan refugees in, in this picture that we have. This was a, a pretty well-known picture in the news when this first came out. And this is a, a military cargo plane. And wha- it was one of the last planes to leave the country at where they were, they were just filling with, peop- with anybody. People were just lined up trying to get in this plane. Just, they didn't care where they were going. They just wanted out of the place of war. And so they, they literally have packed people in there just to fly out of the country. The, the desperation and the, the, the needing to cross. They weren't crossing the Red Sea, but they were crossing an ocean. We face trials and difficulties. We have distance and difficulties getting from where we are to the life that we really hope for. The people of Israel also had to cross the desert of Sinai. This was an impossible wasteland. They didn't have a lot of water. They didn't have a lot of food. And it got me to thinking about people who have crossed deserts who are trying to find a new life. And in order to get from here to there, they have to pass through a desert. This is, this is here uh, in our country. People, people die in deserts. Every, every week there are people who, who die because they're trying to cross into our country and, and are stuck in these places. The people of Israel had the River Jordan. They had border crossings. They had to enter into unknown areas, foreign spaces as outsiders. They had to deal with walls. When they finally got to the promised land and they came to the, the city of Jericho, there were walls, and they had, to have, they had to tear down those walls. We go through difficulties and we go through things trying to get from here to there. We want to belong. We want to be part of things. We want the future life that we think God can have for us. And yet often it's a long and difficult journey. The third word in belonging is longing. The desire, the, the hope, the dream. We, we, have, we have heartaches because we know the ultimate reality that we want. We know what the flourishing that we want to have. We know that we want to thrive as humans, but we also see the deserts and the oceans and all the difficulties in the way. And so we have this, this heartache. The sense of, we want more. 
we have a sense of destiny, that we are created for bigger things, that there's purpose in life, that there is meaning for us somehow. The book of Ecclesiastes is an Old Testament book that is a book of poetry. And there's a little line in there that I think is a beautiful picture of this idea. It's Ecclesiastes 3.11. It's talking about God. And it says, He has set eternity in the hearts of men. He has set eternity in our hearts. Meaning we're designed for bigger things. We have, we have an e- an, a capacity to think about the eternal things. We're designed for meaning. We're designed for purpose. We're designed for more than just this life here on this earth. We aren't just alive like plants or animals. We're, we're humans, and there's something different about the, the meaningfulness that God has given to our lives. It's a spiritual hunger, a spiritual hunger for heaven, a hunger for, for not only a better life, but a bigger life. The book of Hebrews, chapter 11, gives a description about the kind of longing that Christians have. I think there's a lot of similarities between Christian the, the Christian journey and the journey of immigrants and refugees. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 goes like this. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Abraham made his home in this new land like an immigrant or a refugee. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Christians have some similarities with immigrants and refugees in that letter A. We, too, are to be strangers in a strange land. If we feel at home in this world, something's not right. Because the scripture is clear that we have been called to live in a different kind of kingdom. Our king, our president is, is God. And yes, we exist in these earthly realms, but really we ultimately belong to something bigger. We're designed for heaven, designed to be with God. And so we have this ongoing longing, this ongoing longing for the country that we truly believe in. The passage continues in verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. This phrase, aliens and strangers, is one that gets used repeatedly throughout Scripture to describe Christians. Letter B is, like immigrants and refugees, Christians are aliens and strangers on the earth. Now, we don't mean UFO-type aliens. Alien is a legal term that means outsider, immigrant, refugee. It means someone who doesn't naturally belong here. It means that this place that we live in, this world that we live in, is a temporary place where we don't ultimately belong. It's the, the, Im- the immigration legal term is TPS. You, you heard about that just a, a little bit ago. Temporary protected status. And it means you can stay here. And we'll, you, you won't be deported, you won't be detained, we won't put you in jail. You, you can work and you can travel, you can stay here, it's okay. We'll, we'll, pr- we'll give you protective status. And I think that's kind of a good description of what we do here. We, we temporarily live here. But if you're a Christian, you've been called to more. If you're a human, there, we've been designed for eternity. And there's, there's a temp- this world is temporary. There's a, a, an old song, an old gospel song by Albert Brumley. 
that's called This World Is Not My Home. Have you heard this song before? This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. It's a little over 100 years old. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Albert Brumley was part of a sharecropping family in the early 1900s. He grew up picking cotton, and he loved Jesus. And he said, I know that God has called me to big things. I know that we don't ultimately belong here. I know that heaven is really the eternity that we're called to and that this life that we have here is so short in comparison to eternity. But God has given us eternity. He's called us to bigger and bigger things. And for Christians, this world isn't ultimately where we belong. We have temporary status here. The passage in Hebrews continues in verse 16. It says, Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And this third description of Christians is like immigrants and refugees, letter C, we long for a better country. We long for a heavenly one. We have eternity set in our hearts, and we're designed for eternal things. This means that, yes, we do things like we, we try to make a difference. We try to change things as we can. Someone asked recently, do you, we get this asked regularly, does Immigrant Connection do advocacy, and do you try to change the laws? And that's not ultimately the purpose of what Immigrant Connection does, but there have been some times when uh, it has been a, a natural next step for us to be participating in those sorts of things. But the reality is that these political changes are never going to ultimately do what we really need. Ultimately, just changing this world's politics is not going to meet the deeper need that we all have. Our deepest needs can only be satisfied as we're citizens of God's city. And so God has called people to himself, and he's saying, I don't want, uh, you live, you have your temporary protective status where you are. But I want you to be in my kingdom. I want you to live with me as your ruler. I want you to be part of this world that is here but not yet. And as Christians, we are citizens first and foremost of heaven. This means, church, that when it comes to politics, and everyone knows we've got this Another political, we've got another election coming up in a little while. It's going to happen. We're going to have to go through this again, and we're going to survive it. We've got people who vote all over the place in this church. But the, real, the thing that binds us together and the thing that unifies us is that first and foremost, we are citizens of God's kingdom. And as we follow God, as we seek to be part of God's kingdom, that means that that gets first, and our, our citizenship on this earth comes after that. The story of the immigrant is the story of Christians, because we too are on a journey. We too are living in a land that isn't ultimately our home. We're living in a place that we weren't ultimately designed for. There's more for us, and it's through Jesus that we can find this. So the fourth word is the full word belonging. Belonging. And I think the question for us is, will we build belonging. As, as Christians, we have been invited into God's city to be citizens in God's kingdom. And the question for us is, will we build belonging among other people too? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 gives a description of this. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 says, consequently, 
You are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Let me just read that again. It's talking to Christians, and it's saying, you used to be immigrants and refugees. You used to be outsiders. You used to be outside of God's kingdom. You used to be separated from God's kingdom and not part of things here. You did not have citizenship in God's kingdom. You did not belong to God's kingdom. There was a time you were on the outside. And the scripture says, you're not, as, as believers in Jesus, you are no longer foreigners, foreigners and aliens, but now you are fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. That means that our citizenship means that we not only get right with God, but we also get connected to God's people. We're in a whole new kind of existence, a whole new kind of community. We're now members of God's household. Not only are we outsiders, but now we're insiders, and we're not just insiders, we're actually part of his household. You are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together. Do you hear the unity there? And rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Believers in Jesus become unified in their citizenship in heaven, unified with God and unified by God's spirit with each other. Sometimes we think about the Christian life as just about, I'm going to ask God to forgive me of my sins, and it's just about my relationship with God. That's a part of it. But God has also called us into community. He's given us church so that we live in Christian community here in this life. And he's given us heaven in which all the people who are also Christians, they're going to be there too, whether you like them or not or think they should be there. God's the one who gets to decide who's there. And there is this eternal community that we're going to be a part of. But we have citizenship with God and with the people of God. And so we have to examine what our relationships with these other people are like and what's happening in those connections. How can we build belonging? How can we open doors? How can we be spiritual DOJ reps who help people find legal status with God? The story of the Bible is built around immigrants and refugees. And the story of the Bible begins in a garden in the book of Genesis. And it ends in the book of Revelation in, guess what, a city. A city that's full of people. A city that's full of people from every nation, tribe, and tongue, where people from all over are unified because what they have in common is citizenship in heaven. They have pledged their allegiance to Jesus the King. They have acknowledged that God is Lord and they have been made right by him. God is providing a way for us. Jesus is the one who gained our legal status for us. We have to have someone help us get legal status, don't we? We need people who understand how it works. Jesus is the one who gained our legal status and now we are documented the Bible talks about the Lamb's Book of Life, the book where the names of all of the people who have their faith in Jesus are written. We've been documented, and we're citizens of heaven. We have a world out there who's asking these questions. What does it look like to thrive as a human? How, how do we get past the, 
the difficulties and the distance, how do I journey through this difficult passageway? What's going to satisfy my deepest desires? We have people who are asking that question on a, a worldly citizenship level. Our immigrants and refugees and our immigrant connection office is, is serving those people and we're doing important things there that's really good. But we have people who are also asking those questions on a, a bigger existential level. What does it look like to thrive? What are these deepest desires? How can I find this new identity, this new belonging in Jesus? God has offered this to us with open arms. He's the reconciler. The scripture talks about how he is our peace, who has made the two one, who has made the division united. He has brought us near to God. He is reconciling us with God and bringing us into citizenship with his family. And the invitation for us is, will we extend belonging to others? We're doing that through the work in our Immigrant Connection Office. We're wrestling through the complexities of what does that look like with the U.S. legal system? What does it look like with the U.S. justice system? We're wrestling with it as, how do we deal with this in our neighbor relationships? Many of you have neighbors who are immigrants and refugees. How do we wrestle through this on a relational level? What does it look like for me as a citizen in God's kingdom to say, hey, citizenship is really good with God. Maybe you should know about it too. Maybe we have some good things to share. And so Jesus, we come to you today and we say thank you for reconciling us. Thank you for bringing us into your kingdom and letting us be citizens. And Jesus, I pray that even beyond the joy of that and the fullness of that, that we won't just be content to receive the blessings ourselves, but that we'll be the kind of people who learn to share this with others. That we'll be spiritual DOJ reps to help people connect with you. That through us, you will help us be people who are the open arms, who welcome people into your kingdom and into citizenship in your city. Lord, we pray for your blessing on the work of Immigrant Connection and humbly ask that you would Give us grace and strength to be faithful to you in the work that we do here. We pray for the immigrants and refugees who are being served, that you will bless them, that you will fill them with a sense of yourself. We pray for those who have not yet received legal services or are in limbo and are are concerned and fearful about that. And ask, Lord Jesus, for your grace and for your deliverance and that you would bring peace to their lives even as they wait. And mostly, Jesus, we pray that you'll help us live as citizens of your kingdom, following you, doing what you want us to, being obedient to you. Amen.